0: Good morning. Good morning. Are you blessed? How about holler favorite? Okay. <laughs> okay. Want to teach a message today to everyone, and uh, when I say everyone, meaning it's Father's Day, and want to specifically teach to the fathers, but I also want to uh, kind of teach everybody, because I think it's very important. I was looking at this article back in, see, I think it was May, yeah, May 11th, 13th, uh, we were in Fair, North Carolina, I think, and, and um, on a Thursday, and this, this came out, U.S. Today, and it was an interesting article that I decided to keep. And it says that Mother's Day packs pews behind Christmas and Easter. And it was telling about the different days that we have that are holidays, that are special days of the year. And it said it, 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 it seems that behind Christmas and Easter, it says that. Mother's Day, it seems that mothers tend to encourage their families, if you want to do something for Mother's Day, let's go to church together. That's, that's what it said. It seems that mom said, let's go to church. It said, but uh, Father's Day now, they said the Father's Day is not as popular as Mother's Day. I wonder why. <laughs> well, well, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one is because of what this uh, system has done uh, to to us, but also uh, that we do have a, a enemy Satan, don't we? That we'll talk about a little bit. But also, uh, instead of Father's Day, it tends the fathers tend to uh, they are, they say are less, a little bit less spiritual, and so they say, well, let's go hunting, let's go fishing, let's. <laughs> Let's go, uh, you know, you'll do what you want to, but we're going to, let's go campaign, Let's go do this. Let's go do this. anything except church. But so uh, I don't know how true th- this is. I w- th- it was a poll now that was taken uh, by Lifeway. It was a Christian uh, organization that says that Ed successor, president of Lifeway Research, the Nashville Christian research firm, conducted a survey. I would like to believe that Father's Day is that way because it's summer. The kids are out of school. Uh, if it were winter, I believe that, that maybe fathers would be maybe honored more and they'll be in church. What do you think? I like to think that. Don't, don't, don't destroy my, my thinking, okay? <laughs> but what I, wanted, what I want to encourage um, us today is that God has a, a call on fathers. He really does. He has endured, endured, uh, endured fathers with power. With, uh, there's many words for power, but one is, is what, we, what we're talking about today, exosia, which means authority. God has commissioned fathers. He has given them permission. He has uh, enabled them to make a difference in society. He has. And it's always through the Bible. And you know that uh, because you, you read the Word of God, and we talk about the Word of God all the time. So you know that that's true about fathers, what God has, has done. Uh, he, he started with Adam, and it's no different. It's just the same all the time. And I say that we're going to rise up, men. We're going to rise up, women, teenagers, and we're going to uh, help fathers to take their rightful place in society. Now, the devil tries to destroy that which God has ordained. He really, he really does. He tries to make emphasize childbearing as important. And it is important, but it's only important in the context of marriage. But in society, it's not even in that context. It's just have children. You know, by anybody that you want to have children by, have children. And so, that's not what God had in mind. God has called us to Make a difference in society, men, and and to to really have the power that we're supposed to have. I know that that um, it has helped me tremendously to know, reading the scripture, that God has ordained me to take authority over in my household, to kick the enemy out. Okay? Everything that He has given me, everything He's given me, God has commissioned me given me exosia. He has given me the authority to rule, to have dominion. That's what he's given me. That's what he's given you as a father. And we need to start practicing that as and teaching our young young children that that that's what God has called for. He has an order. And it's not an a order of, of um, smartness. It's an order of commission. It's an order of uh, dominion. He's given dominion to, to, to humans over, over uh, the things of the nature. He's done that in Genesis. But I want to tell you that Satan does not have a chance if we won't allow him to destroy the heads of families. He won't have a chance. He's going to try to do that in any realm of existence. He's going to try to destroy their head. And he, he would do it with the church. He, try to, he tried to destroy uh, the Messiah, didn't he? He, he thought he was going to do it. He thought he was his one on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, Satan thought he was one. But he didn't know. He just didn't know. He just messed up. Because trying to destroy the head, he just made more. <laughs> because because now we're right back in standing with God, and now we all can take our rightful place as a head, and we can all destroy, step on his feet and his head, his neck, his ankles, and, and just kick him out of our lives. That's what we got to do. And I want to encourage our men to take that, that place. And, and also, uh, if, you, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, let's say in Luke 11... 1 through 4, and I like to do one uh, in another uh, chapter, but another book of the Bible. But he, he starts off, Our Father. Our Father. And God expects us to to understand that he is our father for those who are born again. Is that correct? Those who, who practice righteousness are children of God, it says in 1 John, chapter 3. And... He also says those who practice sinning is of the devil. So we know that we are children of God because we practice righteousness. And so we can call the Father, God, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. He's holy. He's holy. And when it comes down to uh, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses against us. Lead us. And we stop there. Lead us. The Heavenly Father has already established, because Jesus was teaching His disciples how to pray, He's established that the Father wants to lead His children. Every human fatherhood should be patterned on the divine fatherhood. And so the title of the message today is Lead by Example. Lead by Example. And our greatest example that we can have of course is God. Is that, is that true? He's a Father, right? Well, I wanted to do a little relaxing because uh, I brought my house. Is that okay? Yes. said, well, I don't know if it's okay or not. Well, it's not on video, so it'll be okay. And for those of you who guess, I'm okay. (laughs) 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 I'm. uh, I have not gone off. (laughs) I'm not going off. Let's go to Ephesians chapter five. If I had my lounge chair, it might be all over with it if I sit out. In Ephesians 5, now we're talking about leading by example. Leading by example. Therefore, be imitators of God. Mimic God, to said, as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Imitation, mimic God. So if I'm going to be the leader that God has called me to be in my household, in a job, in a vocation, wherever I'm leading, I need to learn that the that the first rule of leadership is learn to follow. If you don't learn to follow, you're not going to be a good leader because you're sowing seeds that are contrary to what you want. If you can't follow anybody, then when when you're trying to lead somebody and you sown seeds of uh, willfulness, you, you do your own thing, you 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 march by your own drumbeat, then you know that that's going to happen with those you lead. So I like to think of leadership as followership. I like to think of leader as, as the, the one who's the greatest leader is the one that's going to be servant of all. Is that correct? And so the servant of all is going to have to follow directions. Is that correct? So I want to follow God. That's what I want to do. Follow God. And that's what he wants us to do, is follow him. So let's talk to the fathers today, but also to the ones who maybe you haven't had a good Christian example as a father as you were growing up. Maybe your, your father was not a... Christian maybe he was not a good example. maybe you don't have a relationship with him. this message is for you. if you are single and you you know you're young though you're not yet a father this message is for you because we're talking about the fatherhood of God. That's what we're talking about, following the fatherhood of God. If you are a young teenage girl, the message is for you because we're talking about the fatherhood, following the fatherhood of God. If you are a wife, the message is for you because we're talking about the fatherhood of God. So the message is for everyone. Even though specifically, today is Father's Day, we're talking to the fathers. Oh, by the way, another reason why they said that fathers tend to not want to come to church, says on Mother's Day, no one ever tells a message on anything that mothers have to do. It's always just exhortation to tell them how great they are. (laughs) And then (laughs) then when it comes to Father's Day, it's always, you know, uh, you falling short You know, you're going to have to get on the stick, you know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to encourage the Father because I know that if we're pattern out the fatherhood of God, God the Father has all authority. Is that correct? All authority has been given to him. And he has given that to earthly fathers, and that's what we're talking about. Now, yeah, let's go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. There are many things that we could talk about when we're talking about imitating God. Many things we can talk about. But I only want to talk about two today. Two. That's all. And I believe if we do this two, these two things, we're going to walk in the power that the enemy is not going to be able to stop. He's, he's, gonna be, he, he, he's hoping that you will not hear this message today. He's hoping something will happen that the message won't go through. He's hoping maybe the building. He's hoping the building. Anything, anything. How can I get the, the minds off of this message because I don't want them to hear this? This is going to help you. Verse 5. Conduct yourselves with wisdom. Toward outsiders. I'm reading out of New American Standard. Making the most of the opportunity. That's number one. That's one thing that I believe that God has encouraged us today to walk out. He wants us to conduct ourselves with wisdom toward outsiders. That is one way we can... Imitate, mimic Him, God the Father. Because we know that Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So we know that Jesus conducted Himself with wisdom towards outsiders. Now, by wisdom, it means that it's it's not the... Wisdom from above, which is pure, which is peaceful, which is, uh, you know, kind, full of good fruits and mercy. We're not talking about that. We're talking about practical skill. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about this wisdom. Practical skill. We're talking about plans, you know, making plans, good plans, and following through with the means to bring those plans uh, to pass which would include, you know, making proper judgments. It also includes good sense, as my mother used to say. You need to have some good common sense, boy. And so practical wisdom, what he's talking about, from those outside the Christian walk, that's what he means by outsiders, those who are not yet Christians, it doesn't mean anything negative because we all were not, yet Christians at one time. So he's asking us to conduct ourselves with wisdom towards them because his desire is that all be saved and come into the what? Knowledge of the truth. That's his desire. All be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So he says that you are my ambassadors. You are my spokespeople. I want you to conduct yourselves With wisdom, with good sense. Now I want you to you know, I don't want them to 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 look at you and and think harsh of me and think bad of me and don't want anything to do with me because when they see you, they're supposed to see me. Is that correct? We the body of Christ. That's number one. Number two. Verse six. Let your speech always always, in the Greek means at all times, be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So God wants our speech to always be, always at all times, be seasoned with grace. And you think about now. We think about because we're trying to With outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. That's what we're trying to do. Every opportunity we can have to be a light to those who are outside of Christ, what we want to do is to make sure our speech is with grace. Because I know and you know that in the multitude of situations that the world brings about, that circumstances bring about, that Satan brings about, that our job brings about, that people bring about, just being in relationship with people, it's many opportunities we have to let our speech just go haywire, just be out there. And sometimes, and God says, no, 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 I want your speech because words matter. Words matter. By your words will be justified, the scripture says, by your words will be what? Condemned, the word says. So that means that and words are seeds too. Also. And word, words are fruit also. Because the fruit of the Spirit are fruit of our words that's praise. It's like the fruit of the lips. But we want to make it be seasoned with salt, it says in the word. Seasoned with salt. What does it mean by seasoned with salt? What does it mean by that? What does salt do in the natural? It seasons and preserves, right, from corruption. And season makes it taste a little bit better, right? So if, if we have high blood pressure something like that, and the doctor say you can't, you can't eat any more salt, Then we got to try to find a salt substitute. Yeah, no. So that we can it can taste better. Because we know that we want something seasoned a little bit better to be taste, taste a little bit good. Well, we want our words, when people hear our words, we want it to be sweet sounding to their ears. Not that we're trying to tickle ears now. We're not trying to do that, we're just trying to. Speak with grace, with the enabling that Jesus gave us. Those are the two things that we want to do. Now, how are we going to get this done? How are we going to get it done? Let's go to Colossians, back one page in my Bible, chapter 3, starting verse 5. It gives us some things that we can, we can do, that can help us. Now I don't want anybody uh, being lustful over my my robe either. While y'all sitting there looking at my robe, I, say, I wish I had that robe. No, you don't wish you had this robe. This is not a good robe. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Consider. The members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. Those are not saved. And in them you also once walked. When you were living in them. So it's was nothing for us to be proud about. We were just like anybody else that would not say. But now, you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, slander, slander abusive speech from your mouth. Let's stop there. Now... One time we had a, a demonstration, and visual, visual aids are very, very important. I don't remember the messages I taught. I don't remember whether this was a scripture I taught. I don't remember anything like that. But I remember the illustration. And I had, while I was teaching, this is over on Park Avenue. I was teaching about mortifying the flesh. And I know some of you remember that message. You remember? Yeah, hey, you remember, don't you? See? See? now what's wrong with y'all, y'all don't remember that message. See <laughs> you know why she remembers the message? Because Lord did the illustration. Her husband, her sweetheart, her lover did the illustration. <laughs> I had Lord who's a um uh, I guess you call it a what do you call it, a brick mason? Uh, a brick mason. He he brought some bricks, and he, he uh, do you remember now, Lord? Okay, he remembers now, Okay, uh, he brought some bricks, and while I was teaching, he was back there. He was mixing. He mixed up some mortar, you know, like he normally does in his re- regular trade, and, and put all this stuff together. and He was laying that thing, you know, had his little spatula. He was going to it. This 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 is, this. Is, <laughs> I guess what you call that thing, what you call that thing, man, it was uh, huh, I try, oh, see there, I see yeah. that? <laughs> see there, you know, humble me in my robe, man, you know, <laughs> see, that's why I had you do it, Lord, I said, because I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about building stuff like that, and so he was doing this thing, and when he finished, when I finished teaching, they had the, had the bricks together, and those bricks will be there today and that you can't take them apart because that's mortification. In other words, we have to do that to our members. Our members need to, need to mortify your body. The members of your body, mortify them. So they can't sin, mortify them. Now, there's another word in there also, which means to deaden, to deaden. And that's what mortification means. See, Lord, he deadened the bricks because they couldn't move. Okay? That's what we're supposed to do, do our, our members. They, they, they can't move. They can't do only what God wants us to do. To deaden. All of you, all of you not, not all of you, most of you know what that word deaden means. You've experienced it before. If you've ever had uh, any type of uh, sur- surgery, whether it be been oral surgery, whether it be been t- uh, extraction of tooth, how many of you had a tooth extracted? Okay. Then you know what dead means, don't you? And you're glad that somebody deadened it, didn't it? <laughs> That's what I am. I'm glad somebody deadened it. Because you take the wisdom teeth out, man, you better be glad that he got some something that you're going to stick in, a needle in your gums to deaden that thing so that you can pull it and it won't hurt. You don't even feel it. Deaden. That's another word. Okay. He said we need to deaden our members because what happens is that the reason why we're talking about now, the, the, the why, how the how we, we can do these two things, you, you, you can conduct yourself with those outside of the faith, redeeming the time with wisdom. You can do that if you will deaden our members that want to act all contrary to the Word of God. You can speak properly what God wants us to speak if we will deaden this little member that's called a tongue that it won't say anything unless God has said it. Because that's what Jesus did. He said, I only say that which the Father has taught me. He's not going to say, he's not going to speak his own words. The Holy Spirit will say the same thing. I, I don't come on my own. I just, I represent. And that's what we need to do. And, oh, how I want to do that as a father. Oh, how I want to do that. And just the other day, uh, after I'd done this message, I think I think uh, it was Friday. I think it was Friday. Um, and I know this message was in me. I already put some half of it down. I finished up Saturday morning. And uh, something happened that my, 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 you know how when, 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 when you're dead in something, but you start feeling, Dr. Ashley, uh, do you feel anything? And if, if it starts to wear off, you say, hey, give me some more, you know, because it hurts. It's starting to hurt. Um, well, what happened was that, this is personal, so, you know, don't, don't. Uh so why are you said why you're telling them? you Uh your friends. Aren't we all friends? We're all friends. Okay. Well what 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 happened was that uh it was a a cat escaped and got in my house. I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh is a was a house cat escaped and get in your house? Uh uh by a nice person brought it in, okay, and <laughs> and so uh, they said, "Well, can I keep the cat?" "No, we have a cat." "No, no, no, no." "No, no, no." So uh, Saturday. Whenever I would say, I said, look, I, I heard uh, some chatter going on, and it was like trying to convince you to keep this cat. She said, I don't want another cat. I told him, see you. I said, well, no. She said, look, you remember that? Look, keep you could don't you don't get all out of, on the flesh. Don't get in the flesh and and start talking all. Crazy, you know, just kind words. You know how how when something builds up inside of you, Zeta doesn't like me already. Say that's all right, Zeta. You know, uh, <laughs> Zeta likes cats, and, and so uh, that's a good one. And that's a, you know, she's all she was she was injecting a little bit more deadening to me uh, because because you know you know when when you don't want something to happen. Or want, You you can't do anything to the animal, you know, know, because that's not good. You can't do nothing to your child. That's worse. And so what we tend to do with our lips, we want to say something to make it emphatic, make sure that you understand it. No. Right? Don't we do that sometimes? You know, because you can't do nothing else. I mean, you can't do anything else. That's what we have to do: is make sure that because these are real life situations I'm talking about, real life situations. When you start when when you start trying to walk this word out, to let your speech be seasoned with, with salt, let it be, let everything you say be be with grace. You know, and I know, that something gonna come up inside of you that's gonna try to gonna try to take hold of your tongue. It's going to say something that's not going to be graceful. Do you hear what I'm saying? And usually it's aimed at somebody you love. Come on. Somebody in the full confines of the four walls of your house. I'm trying to help us today to start in the four walls of our house and take it outside because the church, we all can put on that nice robe. You see, but see, we, we're not talking about in church. We're talking about in your workplace where you got you have friends. You develop some friends and coworkers that that you all hang out together. You know, in, 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 the, in maybe the lunch room or something like that, and, you, and and you know that that they feel the same way you feel. You will tend to say something that you shouldn't say. That's not good because he said let your speech be. Well, grace, season with salt, because we got to redeem the time, making the use of the opportunities we have with those who are not yet saved. And just because somebody says they'll say, saved, doesn't mean they'll say. Let's continue a little bit. So it says in verse 8, It says to put them aside. And the King James would probably say, put off. Put off. Instead of put them aside, put off. It means the same thing. Then in verse 9 it says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside or put off, the King James would say, the old self with his evil practices. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to consider, I've given you one thing to do, how to, we're going to walk in in in, uh, in wisdom with those without. We're going to also, without speech, uh, be seasoned with grace and seasoned with salt. Uh, it says pull off, take a side. So I'm pulling this off. You notice it was black, right? Sin represents, uh, you know, dog. So I had to put some dog. I didn't have anything for black. Um, so, but I like it in a way. I wear it. Okay. But I, I had to put, get another one. And that's this one. Now, don't think I'm racist either. I know some of y'all already thinking. I, I know it already. <laughs> See ya? I, I, should, I should have added another Don't let your thoughts be. Okay? It has a hood on, but I'm not going to put I'm, put, I'm not put a hood on because y'all might think I'm, you know, one of those. Okay, now, there you go. I know some of y'all already now. How many of you have been to a luxurious hotel? I mean, one of these hotels is, you know, five-star, you know, you go in the bathroom, behind the door, there's a white bathrobe. How many of you have been to one of those? Yeah? Okay, few of us been I just steal it from the hotel. I know it. 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 See? see? The Holy Spirit, He knows all oh, your thoughts. See, you got to stop that. you better stop that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. They, they, I've never seen a hotel that had a white one with a, ro- with a hood on it, either. So it doesn't belong to Canada, matter of fact. Okay? So, uh-huh. <laughs> Put off means to lay aside the old man, the evil practices. And we all walked in those things, all of us, before we were saved. But when it says put on the new self or the new man who is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, that's what we're doing, putting it on, putting it on. Let's come back to, to that, this place. Let's go to Romans thirteen 14. Let's go there and see what it says about putting on. Because if you're going to put it off, you got to put something on. If you put something off and don't put anything on, the Scripture speaks of that. We don't want to do that. Because the enemy will come back right back. We don't want to come back there and he'll bring more. We don't want to do that. we got to, we got to, we got to uh, furnish this, this house. And so, therefore, we put putting on something. In Romans 13, verse 14, it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're putting on. The Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So we know the flesh is going to lust, and we know that we are not to make any provision for it because it's supposed to be mortified. It's supposed to be deadened. We injected it. What well, they injected with, nurse? Okay, Novocaine. Okay, good. Okay. And if it's somewhere else, you know, the legs and different. What, what else they put? Putting put anesthesia. Okay. What's, what's in that stuff? Okay, pushes the sleep. Okay. What we want to do is to make no provision for this flesh. We got to keep this Novocaine in this on this uh, area while he's extracting this too. And when he was tra- extracting mine, my goodness gracious. Boy, he was pulling, he was yanking, he was press prime, boy. I said, man, goodness, goodness, um, some of you probably had that experience. Let's go to Job. Remember, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Job 29, verse 14. We're talking about putting on now. Putting on. Putting on. It says, put on Righteousness. And it clothed me. I put on righteousness, Job said. And it clothed me. See, Job even knew then he he was putting on something. He says, My justice was like a robe or turban. In other words, he was putting on something. And that's what we need to do is put on something. You have to visualize I got to put on Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be my I want my nature to be. Like Jesus Christ's nature. When somebody say, hey, "What's, uh, ask, ask about 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 you?" Say, "Hey, how's Dwight? What kind of person is he?" They're asking about your nature. I want people to, to say about us, oh, and to say all these good stuff, right? All this good stuff because we we'll, we we'll put on Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a, it's a work now. We know that, right? We, we know we've got to go to sanctification. We know we've got to do that. Let's go back to our text there in, in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 11. That's where we left off. We just went to the deviation there in order to say we we're putting on things. Putting on things. Putting on things. Fred, I see you looking at this robe. You like the white one better? You're not going to get it. Don't even look at it. Don't even look at it, brother. not going to get this robe. doesn't belong to me. The, and a renewal which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew. And one commentator said, "Well, you know, it's talking about when it's talking about no distinction is there's no racial distinction, there is no religious distinction, circumcised and uncircumcised." Then said barbarian Scythian, and that that Scythian is, is a savage. A person, whether a barbarian is a foreigner, doesn't speak the language of the person of the people, and so culturally, there's no distinction, slave and free. There's no distinction there, but Christ is all and in all. We put on Christ, so when we put Christ on, it says, "So as those who have been chosen of God." Holy and beloved, put on a heart of... So that's what... When, when when I put this robe on, what comes with this robe, because this robe represents Christ, we're putting on Christ. What this robe represents, what Christ represents, what's part of His nature, is that He is... Someone said that. Look at it. Heart of compassion. Woo! He has a heart of compassion. He he's really sensitive to the needs of others. He is. He wants us to be sensitive to the needs of others. It's not as, as strong as a word as mercy, but it's a, it's, a, it's a word that, that's, that's there. That's what he wants us to have. Compassion. We're supposed to be looking out for areas where we can help those who are going through hard times. It says kindness. That's, part of, that's supposed to be part of putting on Christ's kindness. We're supposed to have a sweet disposition. A sweet disposition. You've heard people say sometimes, Oh, she has a sweet spirit. A sweet disposition. And I like to... Uh, be able to tell all these things when the pressure is on. When the pressure is on, not when the good times, when everything is going hunka peaches and cream. No, in the in the good times, How, how's your disposition? That's what Minerva was trying to get me to do. Have a have a sweet disposition, even though you're gonna say no. Say it in such a... Let your words be seasoned. Like as it's salt. Have grace in it. Don't be harsh. Right? If we're going to lead by example, it has to start with us. It has to start with, with you teenagers. Right? It's Father's Day, but is this message... For you too, sure. Is it for the, is it for the wives? Is it for the singles? Yeah. Is it for the single men? Yes. Is it for the married men? Absolutely. We have to see because we got. We have to do this. Lead by example. By example. They say. Uh, a message really walked out is much better than a a message talked because they like to say that uh, I, I see the message much louder than I hear it. I see it. I want our message to be said, and walked out. Conduct your life with those outside of Christianity with wisdom. We want to walk the talk, don't we? We we need to talk. We got to talk. But we need to walk the talk. And so that's my encouragement to us as fathers is that we have people looking at us. We really do more than just our families looking at us. We have other people's families looking at us and looking at you because they want to see if you're a Christian, do you really believe what you say you are? Do you walk it? Or do you just talk it? That's what i want to, I want to... You ought to help me to walk out the messages that I teach. I want to help you walk out the messages messages that I teach. Because the messages I'm teaching uh, is found in the Word of God, proper context, and not trying to do anything other than encourage us in what God has said. Let's go a little further. It says... Humility. Uh, that's a good one. Humility. We won't dwell on that, no, but it's a, it's a good one. Another one is gentleness. Gentleness. And patience. That patience is long-suffering. Long-suffering. What he's trying to do in telling us when you put on Christ, Christ His compassion, Christ, has a a sweet disposition. He doesn't just quail on us when we do something wrong. Does he? Do you feel like Christ beat you up, Jason? Because you, you said that, you know, you do things wrong, right? You're not perfect. And we all can do that. We all say that. Every last one of us can say, we don't do it. We don't we're not perfect either. We do we make mistakes. God doesn't quell on us, beat us up, does he? He he gently corrects us, doesn't he? But we just feel a sweet disposition. Christ is humble. He's gentle. He's long-suffering. He bears with us. He forgives us. So he's telling you, I want you to put on that robe that you would do the same thing. You, that's how, you, that's how you're going to speak now. That's how you're going to speak properly. That's how you're going to walk properly. You've got to put on me, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you put me on, what you're going to do is walk out that talk. You're going to walk it out. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit that will help us. Right? If it were not for the Holy Spirit, we'll all be a mess. It's a beyond. That means even further than all these things. Going beyond all these things. Put on love. Which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ Rule, that rule is is like an arbitrator. That rule is, is an arbitrator is a person that has the final authority in matters. Let the peace of God, peace of Christ, be the arbitrator, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. God is trying to, I believe, let us know that it's going to be in relationships there's going to be some bent out of shapeness. Any type of relationship that you're in, whether it's sister and sister, siblings, whether it's uh, husband and wife, whether it's cousins, whether it's uncles, and you know, whether it's brothers, I don't care who it is, there's going to be some, some rubbing the wrong way. Is that correct? In your job, there's going to be some rubbing the wrong way. He's trying to let us know, hey, you, your speech got to be this way. Your walk has to be His way. Let me help you to do that. Put on put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put me on and let the Holy Spirit help you every single day. Start working on compassion. Start working on kindness. Start working on humility. Start working on uh, our gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you should also forgive them. In other words, he wants relationships to stay together. You hear what I'm saying? If he put them together, he wants them to stay together, doesn't he? Come on, doesn't he? Well, then, then it's going to take then that that this, this what he's telling us is going to take that to keep us together. We got to let the peace of God rule. And believe me, it's no way, no way that we can walk this out. No way. Unless he calls some things, allows some things to happen so that you'll be able to be forbearing, right? So you'll be able to have compassion. So when it says the poor will always be with you, why do you think it's a poor, poor going? One reason is because we need to be able to have compassion on the poor. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, the body of Christ, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly, not, not poorly, but richly dwell within you. That means we have to get this word in richly. I mean, you, we're supposed to be rich in the word. Is that right? Rich in the word. Let us dwell in us richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Thus, the exhortation to us today. It's particular particular to me. Because I know I want to be a a better leader. I know I want to lead by example. And I know that the enemy wants to ruin that. And my tendency is to make excuses for my shortcomings or things that I do wrong. That's all, I think it's all, all of our tendencies. And God is trying to help me today. And I believe help all us as fathers and mothers and teens and singles. He's trying to help us all to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So I, I believe he's trying to do that. Because of two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, he wants our conduct to be out with wisdom for those who are outside of, body of Christ. And he also wants our speech to be that which is graceful. That's what he wants. And I, I, I'm excited myself that this is a thing that, uh, they, that the survey did for men, for fathers. Well, I tell you, I know that the enemy didn't want me to speak today. I know that he wanted uh, you to not hear because we have the power, the authority, the exosia, to wipe him out. We really do. And we have to stop allowing the enemy to steal our. Males, from the time they're little, going on up to uh, teenage, young adults, they get married. We got to let them stop stealing them uh, because we have. We got to lead by example. Every teenage male, every little young boy that's in this congregation is supposed to be looking at me, looking at you, and seeing Jesus Christ. Walked out and talked out. Their little ears and their little eyes should not be seeing and hearing something that's contrary to that word. Because I know that we have little ones, and sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll. You don't think they're listening, but they listen. They hear. Sometimes you think they're not watching, but they're watching. I want, the, the, I want them to see the same thing that they see, suppose, at home. And that's also for your single mothers who you, you don't have a, a husband at home. We know that we're talking about divine fatherhood. So, therefore, you have a father, a heavenly father. Those of you who didn't have uh, a good example of the father, you have a heavenly father. Oh, it is perfect, and He loves you. Understand? If today you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then we can't walk this out because salvation. Is a beginning point of being a child of God. It is. And if that's you today, say, well, I I want to make sure I'm saved. Will the prayer team come up, please? I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I've given my life to Jesus. I mean, i say said some words, but I don't know. I, I want to want to make sure. I know that's what I did. I made sure. I, I, I did it when I was young, uh, but I know I wasn't living it. So... I said I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said because I don't remember. I do know I got baptized. I know that. But in, other than that, I don't remember. But this day, I know what it is to be saved, what to be to be lost. So I knelt down at my bed and I asked Jesus Christ to come to my heart. And if he, I said, "You know, I will live for you. If you'll give me the opportunity." And I've been trying to. Do that every sense. That's you. Just raise your hand and put it back down we'll pray for you. That's what we'll pray for you. Nobody here that say, I, I would like to make sure that I'm I'm safe because if I I don't want to I, I don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss it. Okay, is anybody here? I saw your hand. Anybody here that you say, Well, I know I gotta say, I know, I know, I said some words that I know I meant in my heart, but I surely haven't been living it. I, I'm not that that, that that example you're talking about. I'm not walking it, and I'm sure they're not talking it in pressure times. Would you pray for me? If you, if you feel like prayer, just raise your hand. Let's pray for the one that wanted to make sure that they are they're giving their life to Jesus Christ. And the person who did raise your hand after, after, after we pray and after the services of I would like for you to come up to one of the prayer people and let them know that you did that and so they can uh, take you the next step, okay? Father, thank you for your love your grace and your mercy for the person who raised their hand. And the, the person is going to pray after me in their heart, I don't want you to pray it out, out loud, audibly, so everybody can hear you, but just pray it in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, Um, I admit that I'm a sinner because I was born of Adam. And every human being that's born is born of sin. And so I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and save me. I want to be yours. I want to walk the walk. And I want to talk to talk. Forgive, forgive me for every other sin that I've committed. And from this day forward, with your grace, I will walk after the Word of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody say Happy Father's Day. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.